Can you guys go ahead and put that PowerPoint up there? So as that's happening, I'm going to go get my props here. I got some stuff. I'm a very visual person. So. And this is how the Lord works with me. So I'm going to teach you guys kind of the same way um, the Lord works with me. Uh, so if you don't know who I am, I'm Brian Hughes. All right, I have three kids. My wife, she plays piano. Um, I'm a very much a process thinker guy. God works with me that way. He's very blunt with me, right? So I'm thick-headed. I'm a guy. Unless you are really straightforward, I don't pick up on things. And so that's why he has to use pictures, and he has to use various other things because I just don't get it. So this is how um, I do stuff. So today we're going to talk about blind spots, which is pretty obvious. We'll show you some pictures later about what blind spots are. Blind spots are kind of the obvious thing, things we don't know about. Right, is what they are. Although I challenge you that you do, but you're looking in the wrong spot. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today, which is uh, recognizing blind spots, right, and how to remove them from your life so you can have healthy relationships, whether that's spouses, whether that's friends, right, whether that's the Gentiles, right, the world, if you will, right, the people we're ministering to. Because if we're not healthy, who wants to listen, right? Because our ugliness uh, will come out and well, I don't want to be like that. What's the point, right? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay, so um, we're going to start with dissonance, right? That we're in this sabbatical thing with Tom, right? Which is we are removing dissonance from our lives. That's what Tom is doing right now, getting his own sort of healing, right? Dissonance, by definition, right, is a lack of harmony among musical notes. I'm not musical, right? But I do know when someone like my wife plays piano when she hits the wrong key. I'm smart enough to pick up on, ooh, that was wrong, right? And so I call that noise, right? That's what it really is. It's noise. And it doesn't make sense. It's kind of like, hmm, that's weird. So a song has many notes, right? Anything that's unwanted or incorrect is noise, distance, you don't want it. Your life has many areas, like a song. If you keep relating this back to Tom's sabbatical, where he is, he's trying to remove distance from his life, right? There's noise in our life, right? There's stumbling blocks. There's struggles, there's issues, right? And all those come from either the blind spots we know about, the blind spots we're ignoring, right? Or the blind spots that we don't even know that we have, right? Because, again, the enemy schemes, and that's part of what I'm talking about today, is his schemes are pretty good. Unless you sort of view the word blind spot a little differently, we're going to keep falling into some of those areas. Okay? So I'm going to do a quick recap uh, on Eric's message Right, which was two weeks ago, he did one on self-examination. We're reading the book, Sacred Rhythms, right, where we're trying to be introspective. Right? Look at ourselves. Right? What's, what's inside? Lord, search me. David's heart, the psalm, Lord, search me. And that was the thing, right, all about getting the darkness out of our life. Expose to us, Lord, where we have areas that we shouldn't be, where we're not reflecting you. Show me what those things are. Last week, Brian Wise taught right, that there's no condemnation. Right, so as um, Mike kind of talked about today, uh, about starting over new, the songs about coming out of the grave, right? Well, the thing I understand about God and Jesus is He doesn't come to condemn, so He doesn't care what you did. That's why you can start over 967 times, whatever number Mike used, right? Because He treats you and your actions differently, right? As Brian Wise kind of taught, He separates those out, right? Brian Hughes, the person. 
versus Brian Hughes' actions, right? He doesn't sweep your actions away and let's let you keep sinning, but he loves you first, right? An example Brian Wise used, Brian Wise used was the woman at the well, right? Why was she there? Well, she knew if she goes there, it's not real busy, right? She won't uh, be seen, all that sort of stuff, right? That's why she was there at that time. Happened to be Jesus was there, right? And what did he do? He talks to her and says, Where, where's everybody at? What's wrong, right? Loved her first, but then said, hey, stop shacking up, right? He didn't just go, oh, there's nothing wrong. Ignore it. Right, he loved her first, secured her heart, right? Said so loved her. And then he's like, hey, stop shacking up. Right? Same thing the woman caught in adultery. The woman caught in adultery, right? Same thing. Who threw the first stone, right? Everyone goes away. He loves her and said, I don't condemn you. I love you. But then what's he say at the end? Go and sin no more. So again, he's not after you individually, right? It's the stuff inside of you. And so as we talk about this stuff, I'm going to talk about these blind spots, and a way in which we get rid of them is through emotional healing and inner healing. That's one of the many tools that we can use, right? So I'm going to start off first with um, what I call Paul's frustration, Romans 7, 15 through 24, right? For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law. That is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. So I find, my, I find it to be the law that when I do right, evil lies close at hand, for I delight in the law of God in my inner being. But I see in my members another law waging war against me, the law of my mind, and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched men that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Nutshell version, hey, I want to do the right thing, but I keep doing the wrong thing. My heart has the right intent, but for some reason... I keep doing this other stuff. Can't figure out why, right? I need you, Jesus. Brian Hughes, paraphrased version of Romans 7.15, right? So, um, no one wakes up in the morning trying to be their worst self. Right? No one wakes up in the morning trying to be their worst self. And so, when we're struggling with things, we've got to remember that's not really us doing that stuff. It's the influences in our life that are contributing to us to choose to act that way, to do a certain thing, to struggle, to stumble, uh, and all that sort of stuff. So that's where, again, inner healing comes into play. So we're going to talk about the, some inner healing. There's various tools, right? There's emotional healing, uh, which is restoring the foundations, RTF, Right, there's sozo, there's theophostics. Right now, when I use the word emotional healing, inner healing, you guys are having whatever actions you're having. For those of you who haven't heard those words, you're like, oh, what's that? I don't know. Right? People have been around church long enough are like, oh, this again. <laughs> <sighs> so over it, right? And then if 
you do know enough about it, right, and you know you probably should go, if you will, right, because the Holy Spirit's working on you, right, you're having thoughts like, I'm fine. Nothing's wrong with me. I mean, I don't want to lay on a couch and tell some of my problems. I don't need to go to a shrink, right? We start telling ourselves very things, right? And the whole point of emotional healing, inner healing, is really just to address and find your blind spots. It's that simple. Nothing else, right? And I want to be very clear about inner healing and emotional healing. Um, You and God can do this without going to here. If I said you had to go to emotional healing, I would be diminishing what God did on the cross. Let's be clear. Right? So there are people, and I was one of those people for a long time, oh, well, I'm saved. I have a relationship with God. I can do this myself. And I did that for a long time until, which I'll demonstrate later, didn't work out so well, right? And I finally went, got some healing, and it helped me see things differently. The same things God and I could have worked out, right, and I was trying to work out. Problem was, I didn't view God the right way. And so it just wasn't working. Again, not that it couldn't happen, not that God couldn't have just went gone, right, and all my things fixed, but there is tools that we have out there that help us do this stuff, and I will use this one called inner healing. And so what I do is talk about how inner healing with blind spots help you figure out maybe what's going on and how to address some stuff. <clears throat> so first thing I want to do is look around. Anybody recognize these pictures? <laughs> For those of you who drive, right, or are going to drive or relatively close, right, oh, the good old driver's ed days, right? And so, you know, Motorcycles are their smallest vehicle, if you will, right? And there's three blind spots, which are the, the purplish, reddish areas, right? Right below it's the car, right? Cars are bigger, bigger blind spots, but different blind spots because a car has no blind spot behind it where a motorcycle does because no one has eyes back of their head, right? There's a rear mirror. And then you have a semi, which, of course, is much, much bigger, lots of blind spots, all that sort of stuff. So question is, which one are you? We all want to believe we're the motorcycle. But we're probably somewhere between that and the semi. Right? We're, we're all in various stages of our journey with God, right, in our life, and working on our salvation, right? So we're all in different places, right? But, you know, when you first get saved, you're probably more like the semi, right? After you've been a Christian for a while in theory, working your way to perfection, when you finally go to heaven, you're hopefully closer to the motorcycle. That's how it kind of works out. And so... The thing I'm pointing out about this in blind spots is, well, you just kind of told us, Brian, that if I'm a motorcycle, a car, or a semi, I know where to look for my blind spots. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. And I think that's one of the schemes of the enemy. He knows we know where to look. So if we keep viewing a blind spot like, well, I'm a car, I should look here, well, then he wants to do is figure out how to have you look past it. Right? So again, if you're one of these things, choose what you are, it doesn't matter. But you know where to look. And that's kind of what happens to us, is we know where to look. Over time, we figure it out, and then we end up just either ignoring stuff, looking past it, because the enemy has schemes, which we'll talk about later. That's how this works. So I'm going to move on to my demonstration. Where's the box? So I'm going to challenge our our uh, 
tech guys up there and our light guys, right? If there's no one online, so I have to apologize to them. But we're going to turn lights on and off for about three to four minutes. Not like on, off, on, off, on, off. We're not going to cause any sort of issues that way, right? But I just want to illustrate some things, right, just so we're clear. So don't panic when the lights go out, right? But just understand there are some things that I want to demonstrate. So Clayton, you can turn all the lights on, all, every single light in this place on. Okay, this is what we're striving for with God. Every area of our light, life is lit up. Every area of our life is seen. There's no place in this room that you can't see and figure out what it is. There's no darkness in this room. Forget like the closet back there, right? We're talking about this room. Okay, so if this is one of my issues, right? And I throw it over there. Where's the box? <laughs> Not hard, right? Because God's in our life every in our entire life, and now it's real easy to see our problems. Oh, it's right there, right? Make sense? So just for illustration, I'll turn that one over here, right? And I'll leave that one there. So it makes sense. So now, Clayton, if you would turn off all the lights, even the stage lights. Jeff, if you could black out, or Chaggy, black out the PowerPoint too, that'd be awesome. Okay, this is more of you're just saved. There is some light. You're saved. God's in your life, right? It's not total darkness, but there is more darkness than there is light in your life. And you're, you're new, you're young, you don't really know better, right? You're, you're, and so this is where we rely on some discipleship, right, to help us grow or just figure it out for ourselves. And so a lot of times, this is how kind of we are, even as adults, right, as we're walking out our faith. There's enough light that I can kind of see this box over here that's still there, right? And so we have a, a book like Sacred Rhythms, Search Me, Lord, and all that sort of stuff. So what we like to do is to turn lights on. We like to get this out. Right? And this is how we like to look for stuff. What's in front of us? Right? And then, oh, yeah, that thing's still there. <laughs> what thing, right? And likewise, we know that thing is over there, but we are not going to shine a light over there. Right? And that big thing, we're not going to shine a light on. We, we see it, but we're not going to do it because I'm just not going to go there. Right? So that's how it works. So if you guys can turn the lights back on the screen on, thank you for your help and all of that. It's just a good illustration to see um, what's happening. So like I said, in your blind spots, and we're talking about the things that you know where to look. You know where to look. Right? We know where to go. You have some things like when I just kind of kicked out of the way, right? Like, what problem? It's fine. Right? <laughs> I'm good. Right? We all hear people say that. Right? That's a very, that's a very real thing. Um, or we just choose to straight up ignore it because it's, just, it's way, way too painful. So this is where, which Shelly kind of helped today when she talked, my bunny. Right, it's actually Haley's bunny, right? But this is, this is nice and comfortable and it's safe. My wall protects me. Why on earth would I get rid of this? It's so nice. It's so soft. I'm comfortable. I don't have any problems. 
right? If I get rid of this thing, I have nothing. Which isn't true, right? But that's what we believe. And what we end up doing when we have all these thoughts in our mind, and it, we'll call it issues in our life, right, is what ends up happening is we have versions of the truth. Brian has his truth. Shelly has her truth. Tina has her truth. Vicky has her truth, right? Everybody in here has your own truth. And it's different from everybody else's, except for God's truth, which is the same for all of us. It's just how much of it do you know or really believe? So when I talk about where the enemy gets and gives you thoughts and that sort of stuff, right, the, the lies, right? And, I, and lies is the same thing as your truth. They are the same. The enemy's lie and your truth are the same thing, just so we're clear. Unless it's God's truth, which becomes your truth, you and the enemy believe the same, or he has influenced you to think that way, right? And so with my bunny, I can't put it down because, you know, whenever I interact with, say, Shelly, she always yells at me or something, right? I protect myself. If I put this down, the bunny isn't going to protect me and she'll yell at me, so I can't put it down. Well, that's because I'm basing everything off of the very thing Brian Wise said not to do, which is judge Shelly with her actions. Because she may be holding a teddy bear, and she has a problem with men. You know, whatever, right? Just various things, right? And so the lie is, if I put this down, I have no one to protect me. Well, that's not true. We have God and the Holy Spirit to do that, which is our real protector. But the enemy's job is to teach you that you need a bunny. You need your teddy bear. That you don't need God because he's failed you in name that way because you have this issue about whatever it is. You believe this about yourself. That's why we all have bunnies. We don't want to have bunnies. We're adults. We don't have bunnies. Oh, yeah, we do. Everybody has bunnies, right? Maybe they're not this big, but we have something that comforts us, something that makes us feel secure, something that's our protection, something we substitute God for because we believe for so long, something that has not become truth to us, which is not the truth. And so you can think of examples well, I, this, what are illogical to me, but I can see how it happens. I'm, I'm going to really date myself. You know, think back to the Waco, Texas days with David Koresh and that, that cult. I mean, it was a cult, right? Where they were so, I'm going to use the word brainwashed. I don't know what a word to use. To where they thought he was like God. Whenever he said went, right? And so, like, I just can't fathom being that way. But if you're raised that way, and that's all you know, that becomes your truth, which isn't true. Right? And so that, that goes across the board in all kinds of things, right? However raised. So there's things like, you know, once a cheater, always a cheater sort of thing, right? Uh, so when I use the word lawyer, right away, boom, thoughts, right? Oh, crooked, whatever, right? Oh, well, I know a lawyer's a good guy, but instantly two categories, right? Ready for another one? Politician. Now, I can see that based on actions of both parties, right, if you will, in terms of lawyer and politician, not demographic, Democrat, Republican, that yes, it's pretty easy to lump people into categories based on what they're doing. But that's what we end up doing, and because of that, where we lie to ourselves, and that becomes truth, and then all we do is perpetuate that lie with every other person we interact with. 
that thought about whatever, right? Whether you think certain people in parts of the country, what do you think about them? What do you think about like socioeconomic factors, right? We instantly see people, and I'm going to use the word profile them, right? Instantly judge them, right? Instantly, because that's really what we're taught every single moment of our life. Every day you see, you walk out this door, right? Even in the church, that's how it works. Instantly judging, it's whatever. But again, that's because of the lies or what is true to us. Oh, this is how this always works out. And so what I'm saying is those are what our blind spots are because what we think is true isn't true. And this is an example I use all the time, which is we're all taught one plus one is two. Right? I agree. One plus one is two. However, what I've learned in my life, when I start to get really com- confident in my thinking, really comfortable in what I think God does, he kind of goes, nope, it's three. Right? Now, one plus one will always be two, but that's how God and me work. He's like, no, it's three. You don't get it. You don't understand. Right? So let me teach you what I mean. So an example of this is the following. So God uses uh, examples, real life things every day for me. So I have a little hobby farm down the road. I have four cows, five, uh, four cows yet now, four pigs. And so part of the deal when you have animals, you have to fence, keep them in. Right? Well, I also have a little electric fence up. Right, just so we're clear, it's not like electric shock, like when you get sentenced to death. It's not like when you put your finger in an outlet and you get shocked, right? It's just more of a scary thing. So, because if the animals are smart enough, they would realize no fence can hold them in. They're going to walk through it. They're a thousand pound animals, no big deal, right? And so, what will happen when I am believing something wrong and God's been dealing with me on it, right? And I just kind of don't get it. Guess who gets out of their pen? One of my animals. Okay, God. What are you trying to teach me? <laughs> well, you're the same way, Brian. You don't want to conform to my word and stay where I tell you to go. You keep wanting to get out. It's frustrating. You still care about them, don't you? Well, yeah, I care about my animals. I care about you. It's in your, my best interest for you to stay in here. When you're ready, I'll, I'll let you move on. Right? Likewise, with the electric fence... Right? If you guys have used one or know what they are, right? Um, anything that touches it, like if a weed touches it or something leads against the fence, they lose their power, diminish their power. So if weeds are growing up against the fence, the electric fence loses its effectiveness. Brian, you're losing your effectiveness. Our relationship isn't like it used to be. Go get rid of the weeds, right? Rewind three years ago, that house fire, right? Lost everything, generally speaking, is what it is. Very traumatic event, right? Um, by this time, luckily, I'd been through SOS on RTF several times and know how God deals with me. I was ironically calm the entire time. But I was like, okay, God, A, God did not burn my house down. Just so we're on the same page here, right? That, did not, <laughs> that was not God. But still, as the Bible says, God turns everything meant for evil to good. So I'm like, Lord, this sucks. <laughs> right? My family is kind of in a mess right now. What are you trying to teach me? And he says, well, you thought you weren't a lover of money. Ouch. You, didn't, you weren't a big guy on possessions. Ouch. 
Now, my heart and my intent was never to be a lover of money and have lots of stuff, right? If you've owned any home for a certain amount of time, right, from the day you buy that home, and let's just pretend you bought one thing a month, right? Fast forward 20 years, you bought 480 things, right? So I understand the, that sort of thing, right? And again, the Lord is not saying bad, things are bad. Don't hear me say that stuff. That's not the point at all. But, and I also learned all that, that I did not really view God as my provider. I'm, God made me smart, and I had some lies, and I believe some truths that, well, I can do anything, which I can do through God. Very confident in that, right? But I didn't really rely on him to provide. So I was like, oh. So I learned a big lesson. And also reaping and sowing, right, uh, I always viewed was financial. That's how I, always viewed, that's how I viewed it because it's kind of always taught kind of in that vein. Right? Well, I learned that's not the case. So I was raised by my parents back there. Uh, very good. My grandparents are great to serve. Right? Always help what you can. So we always did. Always with the intent. I wasn't looking for anything in return. Need help? I'll help you. It wasn't about anything. So I had been sewing forever. Again, I didn't realize this until the house is burnt to the ground about three hours later. Right? So over 20-some years of being saved, this revelation didn't happen until three hours after the house fire. Help, help, help. And all of a sudden, many of you came out of the woodwork. Need this, need that, here's this, here's that. Stay here, stay here. All this stuff, right? So I was reaping the very thing I was sowing. I just didn't give it because I thought it was about money. And as you know, it goes in the very thing. But again, I had the little skewed truth there, right, about what God's word was. And so that's how these little things in these boxes can start to skew things, some for the some really, really bad, if you will, and some not so bad. So I'll put my bunny down because I'm going to get freedom from the bunny, right? <laughs> He's down. So then we're going to move on to what's growing, do you know? So the, the pictures kind of are pretty self-explanatory, and I'm going to use a little box here. I'm going to grab my two little boxes. So in my blind spot sort of demonstration thing, I talk, you know, there's these things I have in my life to get rid of, right? In the verse before, which I forgot to talk about, you know, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against knowledge of God, take every thought in the captive, a.k.a. that's the gatekeeper to sin, right? When we have a thought about something, how we handle it, what we do with it, sin or not sin. If I have a thought, right, I'm not worthy Someone said I was a terrible employee. Example, right? Thought. That's not true. It's not God's word. Gone. Right? That's simple. Gone. I didn't entertain it. I took authority over it. That's not true. God's word said it made me perfect. I'm, I'm complete in him. I can do anything I want. Makes sense, right? Likewise, reverse it. You're a terrible employee. Oh, yeah. You're right. I can't. I can't do anything. I was told I would, couldn't do anything I was little. I can't. Um, yeah. So now a couple of things happen. I gotta protect myself. I can't get close to somebody because they might hurt me. Right? And so the, the seed, if you will, was planted. Top left it, diagram. See how the roots are kind of small? Right? 
Now, that's not truth. That's a lie. That I'm not worth it. But those roots are growing, right? If I just keep perpetuating this over and over and over, right, um, it starts getting bigger. You get a bunch of small roots, right? Top right picture. Bottom right picture, lots and lots of roots. The bottom right picture is like, now you got lots of roots and they're big, which means this thing is for real in your life and you have some, you view things in a very, very not good way. So as that happens, right, now I'm gonna kinda use this as an example that, you know, this is my initial thought of I'm not a good employee, right? And I didn't deal with it, so that's the seed, the tiny little picture on top left. Well, and then he's like, oh, I got in. We're gonna, we're gonna water this thing. We're gonna get it going, right? And so I need to open this up, it's, it's empty. Nobody else shops at Amazon, do they? <laughs> so um, as this thing keeps growing, and he's like, ooh, I'm going to set up a shop. And I'm going to use a bigger box that's easier, right? And he starts putting crap in my life. Right? And every interaction I seem to have, someone is putting me down. For example, I feel bad myself, right? And he's like, <laughs> right? And it's just... It's, again, this isn't like every second of the day. It's every day. There's different interactions, right? But eventually, you know, it just keeps... These are my socks, by the way. They're balled up clean. But, you know, <laughs> what ends up happening now is I use this bigger box on purpose because now there's a stronghold in my life. So it's much, much more difficult to get rid of that on your own because now you have this really skewed view of stuff and you don't even know how to get help. You try all these sort of stuff on your own, all your own ways of doing things, right? And it just doesn't work. It's not working. To the point where you have these things, right, around I'm gonna, where life feels like this. Everywhere you walk, you're, like, kicking stuff, stumbling on stuff, all these things, right? And you're like, oh, man, I can't, right? You're, like, everywhere. Every time you turn around, you got this garbage you're kicking around. Sometimes on purpose, like, well, I'll deal with that next week. Right? Kind of just kick it down the road. Right? And that's how this works. You're just kind of constantly stumbling around. Oh, what can I do? And so we get really frustrated, right? This cannot be Christianity. If this is Christianity, why'd I do this? Right? I had the same thoughts about my marriage for like 15 years. This is marriage? Why did I do this? All because what I believed about marriage and how I interact with my wife and vice versa was not right wasn't the truth. Once we got, again, we went through Sozo and RTF stuff together. Oh, this is marriage. So I kind of wish we would have got remarried, which we renewed our vows a couple years ago. Um, I wish we would have started at ground zero there. Been a lot further along. But again, we learned great things. Part of that walk with that has helped me sort of around this subject, if you will. Um, but that's how we do stuff. And so the point of all this as a church, when I tie stuff together, are we talking about discipling? We should disciple each other, yeah. right? We talk about that, right? Yeah. So if I'm full of crap, <laughs> what am I discipling? So understand, you don't have to be talking about the Bible to disciple. If I'm full of darkness and have issues, I'm perpetuating that every single time. I'm discipling everyone in my relationship. So you guys talk to me back there as you come when I, you guys come in and go. I say, hey, good morning, right? If you would hang out and talk for five minutes, ten minutes, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. If I am the bottom right picture full of lies, I am projecting them all into you and trying to 
conform you to me. I'm discipling you and to be that way. So we like to think discipling is only the good stuff. Well, it's not. It works both ways. If you're full of God in the bottom right, you are discipling God, giving out life, loving people, relationships, right? All the good stuff. If you're not, you have a bunch of hurts and everything else in the bottom right, you are just, yeah, a matter of times this happens to you. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. You're kind of, you're a creek there. Uh, Yeah, I know. Isn't that terrible? Like, that person's a bad person. Bosses Bosses are idiots. They don't know anything. You know, you can go on and on. Everybody does this, right? Um, and because, again, that's what's modeled to us. And a lot of times we don't view discipleship as that way. We view discipleship as, oh, it's only the good stuff. And, again, this is why I say we look past things as a blind spot, right? The enemy, Satan, cannot create a thing. He has to pervert, right? So would you ever have associated discipling with the scheme of the enemy? He took what God created, and he has you discipling for him. Right? Now, as I talk about stuff like this, I say things kind of matter-of-factly and de facto, right? Again, that's just how God works with me. Um, As I'm sharing, it's not about me trying to convince you you're wrong and I'm right and that you should think like me, right? We've all been to conferences, been to trainings, you name it, right? Where, I've heard this before. I know what he's going to talk about. Yes, I know I should probably look in areas of my life. Da, 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 right? All I challenge you to do is you don't have to agree with 99% of the stuff I say or any of it. But I guarantee you one thing in there. There is some truth in there. Based on where you're at in your life, you got to go find it. Maybe everything applies to you, right? Maybe hardly anything applies to you, right? But what you can't do is throw the baby out the bathwater, Right, is, oh, well, no, this doesn't apply. I don't need it. Well, no, that's not true. Like you go to a conference. Oh, I've been to a thousand leadership conferences. What am I going to learn today? Right? Well, someone always says something that I've never heard. And so I can learn. The other 99% of time, it does feel like a waste. Just being transparent and blunt. Right? A lot of times when Eric and Tom's talk, it's a lot of Charlie Brown, wah, wah, wah. Right? And then they'll say something like, I didn't view it that way. Right? Because we all think we know until we realize we don't know. Right? And so as we talk about this a little more, that's what we want to think about. So, now we're kind of getting to scheming. The thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy John 10.10. So first of all, a scheme is a plan, a program of action, especially a crafty one. In other words... It wouldn't be called a scheme if you understood it, right? (laughs) We know what the scheme of the enemy is to steal, kill, and destroy. We know we have blind spots based on the vehicle that we are, right? Where to look, right? So he has to find ways to get you to look past it, kind of like discipling thing, right? Well, I'm not necessarily discipling for God because I'm comfortable doing that, whatever, but I am discipling sort of bad stuff based on things in my life, right? So he kind of messes with that, and that's his scheme to get you to, you know, help him out, but you don't know you're helping him out. Right? Makes sense? Okay? And so a scheme is much like prophecy. Again, you haven't heard this before, uh, which is you only know in part when you prophesy. Right? You only know in part. Well, the enemy's scheme is the same exact way. It's not much of a scheme if I'm going to go, hey, Ashley, I'm going to steal your purse. 
Not a real good scheme, right? Because she knows it's coming. So you think the enemy is going to be like, hey, I'm going to kill you. Not much of a scheme, right? Because if it was that obvious, we'd be like, oh, no, not doing that, right? So that's why he has us all wrapped up with all this sort of stuff with our bunnies. Because they look good and feel safe. Oh, it can't be wrong. Because it feels okay. When it's the big things like murder, right? Like when it's the big things, right, that we're kind of, I don't say it's drilled into our heads, but we all have, we view sin, me the same way. Some sins are worse than others. It's just a natural thing because that's how our system works in the, in the world, right? And so we like to do the same exact thing in our own lives of how we judge whether we have problems or not. Well, this is a little thing versus this is a big thing. Well, it's the same thing. It's all the same to God, right? And so as the enemy does schemes, understand, just like prophecy, you only see little bits and pieces, Right? You may see this and have no idea what was before it and after it. Well, the enemy also is smart enough, right? Again, he has to pervert prophecy to a degree. Since you know in part, he can scheme in part. If he gives you a bunch of random events that seem random to you, but in the end, culminate to something, that's a scheme. It worked out to his benefit. And if we're not looking at all these unrelated things, because they don't make sense to us, we're being schemed, right? It's one thing when, maybe you guys have had this phone call, I love it, when the FBI calls me and wants to give me $5,000, <laughs> right? Those phone scams, it's like, what in the world, right? But again, and this is how the Lord works with me, I'm like, who in the world would do that or fall for that, right? And then days later, right, one of my employees, is, he's from the Philippines, right, got caught in that. Because he understands our government, FBI, as being in charge, right? So, what's not, which is like obvious to me, that oh, for sure, scam, other to him was not because, oh, it's the FBI, right? So, again, it's not, some things will be different for me. I might recognize some schemes that Ashley won't and vice versa, right? I might recognize some things that Brett won't and vice versa, right? Because depending on where we are, how much light is in our life, how much I'm watching renew my mind with the word, right? And that's the only way that you're going to be halfway able to keep up with the schemes, yeah. right? Unless you put on the whole armor of God, right, and be aware of what's happening, we're going to unknowingly fall into stuff. Again, unknowingly is the word. This is not me condemning you, beating you up, saying, oh, you're all terrible people, right? I have just as many problems you guys have, Right? I'm no better, no worse. It's just these are some things that I think about a lot, and God shows me some stuff. Uh, and there's some other really simple areas I struggle with, right? So same thing. So as you're going through things and you need help or whatever, there's some other obvious things that happen, right, naturally. If you need to be a good budgeter of money, do you go to a person that's bankrupt? No, you don't, right? You find someone that's, again, in our eyes, we like to say wealthy, right? But eh, wealth is something you can kind of make. You don't have to be really smart with money to make money, right? You can just make the right decision at the right time and sometimes get lucky to a degree. You can make good decisions. And so as you're doing this and going through it, right, it's good to understand who to go to, where to go, and it's not always who you think it is. Because someone that you may think, like for me, example, pre-house fire, 
just so we're clear, I'll be real vulnerable here, right? Pre-house fire, I was not a real good manager of money. I knew what to do. Money is numbers. Money is math. I'm good at math. Right? It's not hard. <laughs> it's for me. Right? It's, God gave me that thing. Pre-house fire. I wasn't real good at this. I knew what to do. I knew how to do it. And I'd be good at it for a while, bad at it for a while, good at it for a while, bad at it for, for a while, right? Um, of course, I had a house fire, have insurance, right? We built our house ourselves, so insurance was good. Leave it at that. It's hard to manage money. So pre-house fire, if you guys would wanted budgeting help, though I may have looked like I had it all together because my house was nice, I'm an administrative person, I'm organized, I probably wouldn't have been the best person to come to. Looks are deceiving, right? And so that's all I'm saying, right? Not that you can't look at people and sort of get to know them and understand who they are, make decisions, but just understand that's where we go back to separate the people from their actions, um, where I appeared to be good at this, and I was not the best, right? <clears throat> so we're going to move on to the next thing. I'm going to illustrate this a different way. Let's party. So a house, right, we all, we all live somewhere, someone, name it what it is, right? There's a building, right? And we've all had people over, gone to people's houses, whatever, had a party. doesn't matter where it's at, right? And so much like the company we hang out with, do we become them? Who's coming into your house? Who are you inviting into your house? Who are you listening to in your house, right? And sometimes when you have kids, sometimes you can't get everybody else out of your house. So it's constantly, right? What ends up happening over time is um, you've opened the door to the enemy for something, I'm not good enough, right? So the front door is wide open. And so he's like, hey, all my buddies, come on in. Right? They let us in, right? Because the enemy has no authority in our lives except for what we give him. So if my doors and windows are all shut, can he come in? No. He can only come in when I let him in. So when I believe a lie about myself or whatever, open that front door, he has legal right to be in there. You let him in. He's in your kitchen rattling pots and pans. You're not sleeping at night, right? He's inviting all his buddies over, and chaos is just happening. Before you know it, every door and window is wide open, and we're like, what's going on? Stumbling over top of all our stuff. Don't know heads from tails, right? It's the same illustration, just a different way. Since we all have houses or places we live, that's a more concrete example. But just think about who do we have over to our homes? Who do we hang out with? When I want to complain about something, and I'm going to make a judgment here that isn't quite true, okay? I'm going to say Eric Kaler is the holiest person in this church just because he's a lead pastor. It's the only reason I'm making that statement that way, just so we're clear in the statement, right? So if I want to complain about something, would I choose to go to Eric Haler? No, because I know where he stands on that subject. Right? So instead, who do I search out? And again, this is, don't take anything of this. Instead, I search out like Ashley, okay? Because I know Ashley, she'll partner with me on this. And we can complain and, and argue and all sorts of stuff about everybody about, all that sort of stuff, right? We go to the people that we know are like us and have the same issues as us. We're really good at finding those people. And we don't have to look very hard. We naturally know where they are. 
right? And that's what we end up doing. And so if you think about it, those people come into our house, it's all other things with our same issue, right? They're all like, because we just feed off each other, right? And we start, and then he's like, more stuff in the box, more stuff in the box. And before you know it, he's got a freaking fort inside your house, <laughs> right? And now it's more than a remodeling project. You gotta pretty much level the whole entire thing to rebuild your house because there's all this stuff in there rooted like that big picture was of that huge tree, right? Now that thing's not moving, right? And then it's just hopeless. It feels hopeless, right? So understand, this is not about we have all these problems we could deal with, there's no hope. That's not true, right? I just want you to think a little differently about what's happening, why it's happening, what's consistently in my life, what's consistently positive happening in my life, it's probably of God. What are some constant things that are negative in my life? Probably not God. If there's things that you just can't get past, they just keep cropping up. You don't know what they are. Maybe something you should deal with. Right? Again, like I said, I'm not here to say you need an emotional healing session because that would negate the power of God. Just like the electric line on my fence. Right? It works. Once there's weeds and things grow up and take over the truth with lies, I diminish that power. Right? So, I'm going to use a little bit of RTF-like stuff here. Can you relate to any of this stuff? So the verse, Ephesians 6.12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of the world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Again, I'm a physical, natural guy, and so this is how the Lord has kind of helped me do this, because we've all worked in our lives, or are working, right? And we've all had a boss, right? And generally, that boss has had a boss. That boss had a boss, right? So on and so forth. So there's a structure, a hierarchy, right, to any place you work. There's someone in charge. There is the buck stops here sort of thing, right, eventually, called, I'm going to use like big companies, a CEO, chief executive officer, right? In this world, in this case I'm talking about, the CEO would be Satan, right? He's CEO. So I'm going to take this verse, and I'm going to make a business structure out of it not right or wrong, helps me understand how things may work. Because we've seen the Bible and read the verse that says, these demons don't come out without fasting and prayer, which says there are some more powerful than others. Just like in a real-world job, there is more authority as you climb the ladder, right? So if Satan's the CEO, we wrestle against flesh and blood against principalities, principalities are vice presidents. Powers, senior directors, against rulers of darkness, directors, against spiritual wickedness and high places, managers, right? And then I'm going to get into what's on my list of some stuff, right? I'm going to start in the top left, okay, which is abandonment. This is kind of what falls over in the RTF world, right? RTF would be the supervisor, or uh, the abandonment would be the supervisor, right? Loneliness, neglect, and self-pity would be the associates, sort of the, the frontline workers, if you will, right? And so as you look at this list of various things, the list is much, much bigger than this, right? The point of this is not to do an RTF session with you here, as an example, because a lot of this is sort of nebulous, ethereal, right? It's just not real concrete stuff, right? And so a lot of times we have problems putting words with feelings, right? And we don't associate some things, words that we may use to describe a problem, with 
an issue, if you will, right? And so in the RTF land, what I like about RTF is they have words. You know, I'm a literal guy. Words have meanings to me. My wife loves that saying, by the way. Uh, words have meanings. And so a list of words to me is helpful when I can say, oh, if I have feeling loneliness, neglect, and self-pity, maybe I need to deal with the issue of abandonment. And abandonment in my life might play out like relationships don't last. I think it doesn't matter. Once I get that, it'll be gone, right? Um, if I gossip, complain, or I blame, right, maybe I'm bitter. And some of these aren't against people. It's God, yeah. right? Can you be bitter against God? Can you be angry with God, right? All that sort of stuff. So when I say can you relate to this stuff, I just want to challenge you and just ask the Holy Spirit to begin to water the seed maybe that was planted, the thoughts, to say, is there something here? Again, not saying you sign up all today for RTF tomorrow and so-so. Nope, not saying it at all, right? But I'm just saying there's only a couple ways to deal with blind spots. It's for sure you and God. You got to start there, right? You got to be aware of the devil's schemes, you got to be willing to be wrong. That's a hard pill to swallow for me. <laughs> that I could be wrong. Right? Because I have all this life experience. I'm 45. I know everything now. Right? It's hard for me to be wrong. But I'm getting better at being okay with being wrong. But again, I just put words up there to, so that maybe you get a little different picture of it's not necessarily about how I feel. It's interesting as you in interact with people, your friends, listen to the words they use to describe things. It'll never work out. This person always does this. That person, this always happens, sort of stuff like that. They'll use words, and again, that's kind of what I like about the RTF sort of way of doing things, is when someone needs emotional healing, they come from one of those things, uh, they pretty much blurt out all the things. They don't even know it. They're just spouting out all their issues and don't know it, <laughs> right? Because they, they don't view, because again, we know in part and see in part, we have no idea that a choice we make today, unless it's a big one, murder, right? That some small thing we do today, when and how it's going to affect us later. We have no idea, right? And so we don't, view some of the things we have to deal with as big problems because they haven't manifested to a point of like a murder, right? It's just this small nagging sort of thing. And so again, like I said, the words here are more for you to have an idea what they are. There's a ton more of stuff we can deal with and go through on this. Like I said, I just want you guys to be open to the idea of maybe there's some other areas to look. Maybe it's not as you were viewing Search Me when Eric is preaching and what you were looking for. You guys may have been looking for the big boxes. Maybe you need to look for the small box, right? Maybe you need to look for your bunny, right? He won't stay. Oh, he stayed there, all right? It's like, yeah, he's, yeah, he's humiliated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the biggest thing I want you to do with all this is I want you to chew on it I don't want you to really take any action right? I'm not, I don't need you to do an altar call I don't need you to raise your hands I need help right? 
We all know where we're at. The Holy Spirit is either already talking to you about this or he's not. Nothing I can say. Right? It is, it's all in his hands. I'm just trying to be his voice and hopefully use all the right words. Right? I just chew on it. You don't have to do anything about it. But is there any shred of truth? Did anything resonate? Can you line anything up with your life and be like, you know, maybe there is an area that I can deal with? If that's the case, awesome, fine. Uh, talk to your accountability partner about it. If you need to start there, right? If, if the emotional healing sort of stuff is taboo, fine, right? If it turns out to be that I, no, my friend can't help me, my accountability partner, whatever, right? Then, okay, fine. Talk to, say, me, Shelly, Michelle, Eric. There's lots of, there's lots of people. Uh, Connie, or Alger, my wife. I'm going to miss people. I know I am. Kim Dickerson. Uh, I'm forgetting all the names. Misty Watt. People who do Sozo emotional healing-like stuff here at the church. There's all kinds of resources. And... A speaker I have next week, Mark Goins, does the same stuff. So there's lots and lots of resources. If it's one of those things where, well, I have some stuff I'm not very proud of, and I don't want anybody that I know to know I have this problem, fine. Then go to some other church that has this sort of thing, a, a counselor that's not here. Whatever, right? But don't, don't lie to yourself. Did that for years. And I'm sure most of us have probably done things for years that way and just kept kicking the can down the road, down the road, and things aren't better, right? I can say I am a totally different person, totally different person, just by having some things revealed to me that I didn't even realize, right? Again, pre-sort of emotional healing with you guys, just so we're clear, I would size you up in five seconds. I have the gift of discernment. That's my gift. I recognize it now. The enemy perverted it. And I could discern. I'm really good at that. Like, look at somebody, and in seconds, waste of my time. <laughs> I'm just being real, right? <laughs> uh, that's, that's how it works, right? And I had learned that I was very judgmental and a bunch of stuff, right, to where now I still want to judge you in 10 seconds versus five, right? So the time is lengthening. I'm, I'm aware at least, right, to where I can't do that. So even though they're doing this sort of thing, I, okay, that's not who they are, right? What's happening? But again, I, I'm a lot different. And so it's helped me see some things like this stuff around scheming and blind spots that the Lord has shown me where I thought I had all figured out. And I was actually just kind of falling in line with the enemy's plan, which is, oh, you got it figured out. You're right. You do. And then he had me over here doing something else because I was looking past because he was actually using the very blind spot I had against me because it was an unrelated circumstance to something else, to something else. And in the end, he got me. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you for today and I thank you for your word uh, that you brought forth. And I thank you, Lord, that you will water that word and that you will help it grow. I pray, Lord, that you would shine the light on any part that the people here needed to hear in particular. Uh, you are faithful, uh, you are true, and your word never returns void. And you are never there with a two-by-four. No matter what we've done, you're there to say, come home, son. Come on back. Lord, I just thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. I thank you that you know we're not perfect but you still love us and you're just want to be with us. I just pray a blessing of everybody today. 
bless them going home, bless all their interactions. And I pray, Lord, as things happen, situations happen, scenarios happen, name that stuff, that you will just be like, hey, that's that thing. Hey, that's, that's that. I just pray your Holy Spirit just touch their hearts, like just remind them of, hey, this is that thing, right? Well, I just thank you and praise you. Your name, amen.